Welcome to the GameDev.TV Community Podcast. I'm your host, KB, and I would like to introduce you to industry professionals and people who successfully made their path to the video game industry. I hope that you enjoy the podcast and get useful tips that will bring you closer to achieving your dreams. Now, let's get right into the podcast. So, um, yeah, hi, I'm Lakshmi, and um, I have a game development studio in India called Apar Games. And I've been having this studio for almost 10 years, more than 10 years now. Yeah, that's Dang, 10 what... years. It's a long time. Yeah, yeah, it is. Now, how did you get started doing game development? Did you start playing video games? Did you? How did you get started? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like a, um, yeah, I wouldn't say funny story, but yeah, there is, there is a story. Uh, when I actually got into game development or designing, um, India did not really know what's happening and very few studios were, or rather one or two studios in whole of India were doing game development. And I actually was just a multimedia visualizer or whatever you call it back then. And and accidentally, whatever, and okay, so I was supposed to be uh, creating some interactive experiences for kids and while doing that, I just created game probably or designed a game. And then we didn't know how to program it because whatever the complex <laughs> behavior that we needed it. And that's when we started figuring it out. How do we program it? And those were the time. This is what I'm talking about is is uh, 2000 where, you know, you did not have a great resource on, on the Internet uh, as readily available as it is today. So it was yeah pretty hard time and then we developed something it was apparently a music based game uh, and that's how I, I, I just loved the whole experience of creating something like something that you enjoy playing and well I wouldn't say that I had never played game before that I we had when I when I was in school so we had the Sega I don't know if you guys remember the Mega Drive oh, of Sega. I had a yeah. single once, yeah. Yeah, that was a 16-bit cartridge, and that was like some $20 cartridge is what you would get, and that's that was really a huge amount when we transit to Indian rupees. And so we had like two of those uh, games, and the whole of my, uh, the, the whole, the apartment that we were living in, the whole of the building, everybody, the all the kids used to be in my house, and we all would play that because no one had really seen a 16-bit imagery on TV, uh, you know. So that was like, yeah. and I did not know how privileged I was until I saw them, uh, like, oh my God, this is this is how it looks, and like that great. <laughs> or others might have some, uh, you know, the smaller video games which would probably be 2-bit or 8-bit. I'm not sure what they would be, uh, the handheld ones, you know, uh, and this was like a proper console uh, and we were like suddenly famous in the, that vicinity. So that was it. But I never thought that, you know, and it, yeah, I, was, I was in school, so I never thought that, oh, I want to create this one day and all because it all seemed like a, like a, you know, it's like you don't know, you don't know, you don't even know that you can get there. And mm-hmm. only when I, I passed only when I passed my, um, I mean, I, I'm a commercial artist. I did, I'm basically, supposedly uh, uh, doing uh, 
advertising and things like that but i got into animation after my schooling so and that's where this whole game thing happened to me and that's when i started understanding that oh this is what the game development is and this is what it is called and yeah and that's how probably it i got into games so i actually call myself lucky because i i just got into it at the right time oh yeah that's uh it's interesting cuz like is there a lot of game studios or game developers in india now yes yeah. uh, so india is now has emerged as one of the top 5 markets wow. so so yes i mean it's now we have a lot of game studios but when i started i think there were very few so you got in like kind of like the gold rush like right before it got big so you reaped all the rewards no in fact we were the ones who were uh, you know had to actually make it happen because we were you know as it is game development is extremely difficult when it comes to business right because the rate of failure versus the rate of success is it's 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 rate of failure is much more higher than the success um and of course when you are you are successful it's the great thing but uh, when we started uh, what started when i started there india wasn't even a gamers market you know Uh, mm-hmm. and not a lot of talent that we would find here so what we had to do is that i had to actually train people then we would we had to so predominantly when we started we started as a game uh, you know doing a work for hire for obviously uh, the studios in the west because i thought that was the best way to learn from the people who already know game development no yeah, that makes sense uh, yeah so so that those times were a little harder to set up a company and run it uh, but now because you have a lot of um, you know you can connect to anybody anyhow in a, uh, an abundance of uh, tools talent available can be connected to uh, so that's today it's relatively easier to have a gaming studio than what we did it uh, about whatever 10 years back So when you were in school what were you learning like what was your original plan before you learned about all the game development stuff Oh get just get into advertising agency you know mm. as a visualizer that's that's what the plan was um but uh, I, the graduating year was the recession period <laughs> so there weren't any jobs in advertising so uh, so I thought of doing you know some further course in animation and bit of scripting things like that so that i thought maybe i could also get into web development or mm-hmm. multimedia development uh, and that's where i really love the fact of you know it's not just that you can make or you can draw uh, a character and make it walk you can actually make him do stuff on your command so you know the the so it's it's really funny so what i studied in college was like a like drawing on the paper no two way communication just one way communication right mm-hmm. then i learned animation where you see that oh wow this is much more advanced than just a print or image of a character now here the character walks talks and then when i learned that oh i can actually make him you know why are using scripts i can actually make him do stuff on command mm-hmm. uh, that was like much more cooler like oh wow now <laughs> this is like a next level so i never wanted to go back to that you know just print or advertising or public publishing sort of 
career. It was too boring now. You were like, this is way more exciting and fun. Why would I go back to that? Correct. Mm -hmm. What languages did you practice for uh, scripting? Uh, back then, oh, I have forgotten, but I think it was, it's, it's Macromedia's, I forgot the names. There was Autoware and okay. this is like earlier version of JavaScript, maybe. There was Lingo. Uh, yeah. Shockwave? Logo? Yeah, correct. Shockwave was correct. So I forgot the software in which you would code. Uh, that was Macromedia's <laughs> something. I've forgotten that. Yeah, that's a long time ago. When did you graduate from college? Yeah, it was Macromedia is like the predecessor for Flash. Can I? Yeah, Shockwave. Yeah. Um, uh, 2000 is when I graduated from college. And so then when did you get the idea to create a Park Games? Oh, that is 2000. So the idea had started in 2006-ish. But however, actually, I started the company in 2008, late 2008. Mm. Uh, so before that, I was working with uh, game studios in India uh, and had lots of fun. And mm. then I, I, in 2008 is when I took that daring step, you would call it, to, to actually start. Yeah, the leap company. of faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah, leap of faith. Yeah. So. So what were some of the, the challenges you had to, like, confront while you were out of school and in these like game studios was it harder than you expected what was it no, like it, it wasn't um it wasn't really hard but yes i mean it would take some time to actually do what you have actually imagined to do or what i mean to say that so that time you had these qwerty phones it wasn't even smartphone right so you had a lot of challenges in the development front like how do you optimize the images and then how do you make your uh, character look smooth enough even if you're working in pixel art you know so nowadays the pixel art is being used as a you know nostalgic feeling but that time it was really the, t the challenge because we would fight for every color because the memory of the phones would be low so those were the uh, to, to overcome the issue I would say is that uh, the availability of the information or the techniques to do these stuff correctly was limited. And those were the sort of challenges to actually, uh, you know, figure out and how do we do. And also uh, meet the deadline was the, the, the challenge. That's one. And probably even on the game design front, um, we were not really trained uh, game designers over there back then so that used to be a challenge when you, you would design the game and you feel that oh it, it, this doesn't feel right or or maybe our approach was not correct and those kind of things so i would say in game design front and in the technology front we had a, a lot of challenges that's really interesting because there's a lot of people in India, okay, so I work in, in corporate technology, right? There's a lot of people in India that know technology. Um, it's, but yeah, it's it's a slightly different thing. Did you feel like you had to, uh, you were kind of saying this, did you feel like you basically had to teach like the people that you found that were talented with the skills that you needed, but you had to teach them about like 
the games industry? Yes, initially, yes. So, so they were incredibly great artists, incredibly great programmers. However, mm-hmm. to mold their mold them into game development, game art was a challenge when I started the company. Uh, also, they were great game players. I mean, they were the gamers, so they do understand games. But there was right. this challenge yeah. of um, you know moving over as to what you imagine and how to deliver. Although you have the skill set, like okay, if you say that I need to create a game in C Sharp or or C plus plus, yes, my guy knows it, you know, very well. But then he would still have a challenge in converting into or giving that finesse in. Uh, in the, uh, output. It, it's because so much of what we do in video games is simulating and faking and, you know, kind of <laughs> pretending <laughs> that we're really making something happen when we're not. We're just manipulating a bunch of numbers. Absolutely. Absolutely. And how to, and how, what, what the right number is, it's again difficult. Right. And interestingly, <laughs> interestingly, the thing is that uh, the pro- the game designing or, or the or game programmer has to be a little bit of artist too, if you you know yeah. think deeply, yeah, and sure. vice versa. That an artist also have to be somewhere have a programmer too. I, so, I've always felt that programming was a creative activity anyway. It's it's kind of funny that we consider it science because it really is so much art. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> now, how did you practice and learn all about game design to feel ready to be like the co-founder of this company? Oh well, it just <laughs> well, it's just that I thought that it's been eight years that I've uh, you know uh, working in the corporates and creating games. So I I just thought that I know it all. I mean, you know, that's what you need to do. But it's only when you actually start the company <laughs> you understand that oh, the know it all wasn't really the know it all. <laughs> True. <laughs> but, but like, did yeah. you did you like study every day like certain like game design, three uh, D modeling, programming, so, like put yourself in environments so that you can be ready to like show people like hey, this is how you're supposed to do it. Uh, well, um. Okay, so when I was working, uh, I always had, so as I, as I said, I came from a traditional um, art school, right? So where, mm-hmm. where we were taught that, you know, this is the way you communicate to the people. So I never forgot my, what my basics were, what was, what was taught to me. Now here, the only the challenge was that, um, that there are now the communication was two-way, right? Uh, where a game is where you communicate something then the environment is modified so your environment is again communicating something differently now because user has uh, worked on it i don't know if you've understood this so what i mean to say is that imagine that i'm showing a level so a game is communicating that oh this is a jungle maybe whatever okay and then a player interacts with that jungle and probably it's no more, um, or, or, or there is water. There is no water, let's say, on the scene and game and player interacts something and now there is water on the screen, which means this communication is two-way and it's 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 changing all the time. So now you have, the scene is communicating differently. So, uh, so my 
knowledge about communicating uh, via art i always wanted to just find out that how do i how do i what do i exactly deliver and that's what i believe the game design per se would come in so i would the my early uh, earlier ways of learning were that i would play games and try mm-hmm. to decode uh, how did this how exactly is this done or what i think is being done so in my organization i had just voluntarily started this where we would take up a game and we would decode it as a decode the game design and then people would actually say oh no it's like this or it's not like this and things like that uh, and then later i uh, found some of the books one of my favorite book is uh, uh, the rav's uh, theory of uh, game design so so then that's when then i started reading books and actually understanding what game design is theoretically and obviously by the side you were working on the games which were giving you some experience so it was more like a learning on the job sort of experience um and then that's slowly the technology started giving us all these uh the conventions and the talks that you would happen at GDC and then we would get and uh, see those those were the tools of learning for me and then how long do you think you spent like watching these interviews reading these books was it like like an all day thing was it a couple hours was it just part of the job no this was voluntarily so whenever i feel that i needed some creative whenever i could feel that oh, i'm stuck uh, creatively or something that i've created is not giving me fun or giving anybody in my office fun then you had to see it what you had to fix it right so uh, how do i fix it so i had to actually pick up something or talk i think like that so it was sort of a regular thing i would do like an like an exercise maybe you know uh, to actually read books uh, the stuff on internet to know more about yeah okay so i want to go to before we get to uh, park games i'd like to talk a little bit about paradox studios what what were you doing are you a game producer right yeah so this was this was um yeah, as i said one of the few gaming studios back then uh it was uh, it it is now after that it got part of uh, reliance industries uh reliance games sorry um so uh there we were working on um, games based on indian theme um and also a part of it was working on so the indian theme games were the pc games um and then the other other the uh, other division was working on mobile games uh, which were on the qwerty uh, phones not the smartphones so the java and i don't know if you guys remember j2me uh, uh, technology so uh, there we were working on a bunch of casual games which would uh, some were um, indianized themed games some were just uh, games no theme really but predominantly casual games okay now if somebody was like starting out and they wanted to be a game producer what would you what would you tell them to, to focus on to become that uh well i think you should actually work in every department 
of game yeah. development before you actually become producer because producer needs to have needs to know everything like even if they do not know it in depth but it's it actually helps when you know uh what goes into in every department so uh yeah because producer sort of has dual job like you not only have to look at uh that the you know the schedules are maintained because that is directly linked with the um, uh, money that is getting spent into creation of the game uh so you should be able to uh, channelize your team to a specific goal and since this is a creative uh, uh product that we are ultimately creating mm-hmm. it's it's really important that one knows how to actually get everybody's creative uh, energy in place to create uh, or achieve the goal so it's it's really important to so to understand or do it better it's it's nice if you worked as let's say artist with a programmer before or programmer worked in a team before and then you have become a producer i think that becomes much more easier to uh, drive because you understand what what goes into it and instead of just becoming uh, you know the producer where you never worked uh, actually into any of the departments oh, yeah that That's makes sense cuz if you don't know the different jobs different departments it becomes harder to delegate what to do now as a, as a producer what is your daily activities like is it is it delegating work is it planning what's going to happen is it just ensuring that things get done on time what's that like yeah so because we used to uh, work in a smaller um uh, groups so producers was uh, it wasn't like a multi tire uh, environment back then or or rather in a lot of companies now also do not have that but uh, yeah this so everything <laughs> you have to uh, be part of understanding if the game design is correct coming correctly as per the what is needed and keeping making sure that you're meeting the deadlines you're not putting too many man hours uh, into something that you know you're within the man hours that are allotted for the for the game because we would work on the budgets stringent budgets you would say <laughs> so yeah to make make money because uh, otherwise the game would not make money because uh, the india wasn't a market uh, that uh, that a great market what it is today mhm yeah uh, no money no business <laughs> <laughs> yeah so although we were not i was not so much in charge uh, of uh, finances but then yes you've been given that you know you should not be going overboard with the uh, timeline and the man hours that you're putting in so yeah so it was it was handling making sure that whatever is designed is what is being delivered and solving anything and everything that comes in between given even the rifts between programmer and a uh, artist where the artist says oh this has to go and the programmer says ah that cannot go because you know i don't have those many colors and then mitigating those differences was also part of my job <laughs> well it wasn't in my um, uh, you know product uh, 
job description mentioned though, but yeah, it just eventually <laughs> was my job. It's usually how it works. You always get these added little hidden uh, job descriptions. You're like, hey, that wasn't there before. <laughs> now, I'm curious, how did you handle the production of the game? Like, how did you handle team leadership? Did you, was it hard to keep people like doing their job, the morale up, or were you a master of leadership? Um, uh, well, I, I, I believe that I did. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think I did my job well. I mean, I, you could have given her a little bit easier question, Kevin. It could have been like, so are you awesome or are you just really awesome? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, yeah, I mean, I think I did my job very well because, uh, uh, yeah, well, I, I delivered, so that's what it is. <laughs> it is that's all that matters, right? As long yeah. as the product gets out and it's doing pretty well, I think you did a, did a good job. Yeah. And but so I think it's very interesting to be in that producership because, I don't know, I mean, I enjoyed it because then uh, you had two, di- you're actually in, 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 the, in the middle of two different sides of the people. Like one who's saying that, you know, you have to also understand the boss and you also under- need to understand the people who are saying, you know, you have to empathize with both the parties and no one really cares about what you think. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I want to be happy. The other side is saying, okay, look, the product has to go out and people have to ri- like it. Uh, and that's on me again. And even the teammates say that, oh, look, you know, we've, we've really done an awesome job. You better communicate to the bosses that, you know, we've done a great job. So like, uh, okay, whatever it is. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's interesting to be in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting. So you did a great job. I'm curious, how did you do that great job? Like, did you have any tactics? Did you have any strategies to make sure that everything was done on time? Uh, no, I don't really have any tactics. But then, yeah, one thing that, um, uh, wow, it's kind of hard. I really have to think about it. That's um, fine. Take a minute. <laughs> mm. Uh. Well, I think it's it's important that you understanding, you know, understanding the understanding what every member is trying to say and trying to give them the bigger picture, but at the same time, not, uh, I know it's, it's really, it's sounding really hard. <laughs> so there's no tactic, essentially, as I said, that because I had worked in all the different departments, I could easily understand what uh what each member is probably how how hard it is for him to contribute to whatever he's contributing to so for me it was easier to identify that if someone is struggling like when i say struggling meaning he's delivered his job however he's constantly being asked to rework for me it's that struggling that means there's something amiss either a communication gap or what is to be delivered is not understood by the member correctly so maybe i was kind of uh i don't know maybe i was i just knew it how to do that there's no technique um so i was uh, probably being able to understand that what is the what is the what is the problem in why something is not getting delivered the way it should be and then eventually i had uh, come up with this uh, method of um, you know 
asking WH questions to the problem that we have in front of you and then you tend to get the answers or one answer if you're lucky. So if so, for an example, if your problem is that um, game is not fun and we've already put a lot of amount of time into production and now what do we do? This is like a big problem, which always you always get it. And then you start um, understanding and where what has gone wrong is 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 there an issue like uh, game is not being delivered because one person is not working correctly and if that is your answer then you go down asking what exactly went wrong over there is a skill not mapped or is the communication is the issue and things like that so this is how i had started doing tracking down onto uh, identifying what the problem could be and applying the same and not repeating the mistake, which means if, if this is a problem that we've got in project one, then when we move on to project two, I would make sure that the issues that were happening here, like say communication was the issue in the first problem, then I would make sure that, you know, that is bang on for the second project. And that's how I probably moved. So there wasn't really, this is like the technique that I just invented for myself. I uh, mm -hmm. don't know whether everyone should be doing that now. You have more tools and softwares to keep track of things that are happening around you. Um, well, but back then it was only Excel sheet that we were using. Yeah, that's that's interesting because I feel like it, I guess, came natural to you, I guess, handling, producing, and managing teams. Do you think that's well, part of your school? Serious. Everybody was using Excel for everything, and they still are. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do have more uh, project management tools today, which are more agile, and you know, you could. Uh, they, they, yeah. I think makes more uh, that, that that ease out your job. Yeah, I mean, yes. you've got DevOps, you've got all kinds of project management tools, Gantt charts, and of course, the most commonly used project management tool to date, Excel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, so we, we've been using Trello also, uh, you know, for project management. Uh, yeah, but mm -hmm. yeah, mm, yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. What other software did you, did you use like Notion or Slack or anything? Uh, today? Yeah. So we predominantly use uh, Trello, as I mentioned, and mm -hmm. um, yeah, Slack sometimes but then i think trello works because you have an app and then you get the notification so mm -hmm. uh it's hardly any uh, so most of the discussions also happen over trello because it's more but yes i mean it, it helps us in uh throughout i mean even at the ideation phase up to the during the implementation too uh and then for uh for bugs uh, tracking we either use Trello or we use any other bug tracking tool, you know, like Jira or, or something. Okay, interesting. So then after uh, Paradox Studios, you went to, is it readdiff.com? Yeah. That, what yeah, was it like right. there? Was it kind of like oh, the that, same experience or different? How different? Because this was like a, Paradox was like a gaming studio that I was in. So the environment was like, like, like how a gaming studio environment is. Um, more freedom and not much higher hierarchy. You could walk up to any anybody's cabin, have a brainstorming session, and things like that. Um, however, Rediff.com is like um, it's a it's one of the 
biggest um, uh, internet company in India. And they wanted to get into game, uh, they wanted to have a game as a product. And these are the uh, early years of Facebook, you know, and it was it was challenging. I was probably the only person in, from games over there. And uh, we were, they were fantastic other people bringing different type of skill sets, like someone, um, you know, uh, in product develop, like product development as a skill set or um, uh, what do you call it, e-commerce and things like that. So different type of uh, people came together and we were trying to create a game as a product. And that's where I actually learned what product creation is, you know, as when I say product, I mean to say, uh, you know, product development. I, I hope you understand what I mean to say by product development, meaning using game as a business, maybe, you know, and not before that, I was just making game. That was like a one game for me. And here it's like a gaming as a product. So there was mm, a okay. sort of a difference between uh, how do you look at gaming as a product. And that's I think that was very interesting experience that I had, which helped me in my um, uh, company as well. So when you say games like as a product and you say early Facebook, you're talking about games kind of like Farm, not Farm, but, um is it Farmville and the uh, Mafia Wars and all those games on Facebook? Where it's uh, like... No, this this was like a platform that we were working on, which will have okay. multiple games, and they would have uh, social uh, features. They would have multiplayer angle to it and things like that. So, and when I say early Facebook, what I mean to say is that the social media wasn't uh, known to people uh, in India. And probably they were the early days of Facebook too. You know, the earlier social was uh, not really popular in India, like those Friendster and other, uh, the, the one that Microsoft also had. So it wasn't really famous in India uh, uh, as a social, uh, social network or being connected socially. And so the, so the, so the platform that we were working on, it wasn't just the game. So I was supposed to be handling the games part of it because they were supposed to be three, five, four games at the launch. So managing this four game development, but also contributing to the overall product and uh, uh, from the games perspective or the for the producers perspective that or from the gamers perspective that what should this gaming as a product should have? What features should it have? Like should there be chat? Should there be uh, you know, leaderboard, obviously, um, any other features. So I was just part of the team where we would ideate what features you would need. And we had some great uh, people with um, experience in internet business industry alongside. So I was, that. that is how the whole um, product was. So all of this prepared you for the... Uh part games your own endeavor because it sounds like you've learned a lot about like product making it for a more of a business type of model i guess correct yeah so then let's get into you taking a leap of faith and going on your own how did, how did that happen you were tired of working on uh, a lot of people's games <laughs> no actually <laughs> what happened was that then i got married and i had to mm -hmm. travel one hour to come to my 
workplace, which was earlier just 15 minutes. And then that was, and I don't know if, uh, if you guys know about Mumbai traffic and their local trains, they are yeah. an experience. You know that one must have. It's like, like what we see in the Bollywood movies. Train yeah, <laughs> ten times yeah. as many people on them as there should be. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> and that's 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 that was the scariest part because I never traveled in train until then because all my jobs were just around my house. I was probably the lucky one, and that's when I was um, starting to think that should I because I didn't want to sit at home. Uh, that's when I started thinking that should I start something side by side or what do I do and then uh, my husband actually supported me saying oh why don't you try it this is the time that you try because the, the later in life you try it it's harder it becomes because then you have much more responsibilities and things like that so so yeah I just jumped into it without thinking anything you know what's going to happen because I always had the backup plan of going back and starting to work, you know, if this had failed. Uh, so that's that was the motivation. The, I would say that Mumbai train gave me the motivation to start my company. <laughs> that's wild. It's like one of the most random things, but it, it that's how it happens. Something small and inconvenient is just like, you know what? I'm going to make my own studio. Yeah, not going on that train. Yeah. So now let's get into the uh, meat of all this. How did you start this studio? Did you just get a couple people and say, hey, let's make a game? Yeah, I mean, I actually started with just um, two and then four people mm -hmm. like that. So I, I took. Um, so this, as I said, I was pretty clear that I want to do a work for hire and not create your own product because I was doing it out of my own pocket or my husband's pocket you would say <laughs> so I wanted to spend as less as possible and try these things out so yes I, ha I had like two people two programmers and I was thinking that I would chip in as an artist uh, but then it quickly became difficult so I had an artist also uh, to help me mm. and and yeah I and I and I did I traveled to Casual Connect? That's a like first gaming event that I attended outside India, of course. Uh, and that's where I met a lot of people and understood what's where, where the entire world is and you know what I have actually got into. So it was like suddenly uh, you feel that oh, you're in the middle of ocean and you're like, oh, oh my god, I got so much swimming to do. Okay, fine. So yeah, but that was that was that was the that is where I uh, I could pitch what we're doing, and then uh, it's really funny. So when when a client tells you that oh, so you have a gaming studio, and then they say okay, do you have A B C D Y Z, and then you think oh, I only have A and not B C D. Then I would go back and build that B C D and come back mm -hmm. and say oh, I now I have A B C D all of it. Then they say, great, but do you have E also? And they say, uh, not yet, but I'll come back. So that's how actually I started building my company. So uh, it's it's all need-based. Like, you need this? Okay, fine, I'll go back. I'll take some time to set that up and then come back and you set it up. So that's how I actually built my company, I think. <laughs> wow. And did it cost a lot of money or was it... 
pretty reasonable. Um, yeah, of course, it, it, it everything costs. Uh, oh, yeah, but, like, yeah, and then I've not, I'm not counting the opportunity cost here now. Like how mm. many opportunities I probably must have lost because we were trying to build something, or you know, and 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 if you recall, after 2008, technology just changed drastically in games. Right? You had uh, iPhone coming up, disrupting the whole thing. You know, you really suddenly had to be uh, adapting to a newer languages and technology, and then suddenly Unity comes into the picture and things like that. So it, it was just just a roller coaster, you know. And things. So every year of my game uh, gaming company was every day I'm learning something new or I'm training uh, myself and my people on something new. That is what was happening, and but. That was there were some kind people that gave me my first job uh, and got me recognition. So it was like I'm kind of grateful to them to believe in me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, from what I've been hearing, it's it's like nobody else better than you to open up your own studio and manage everyone. Ah, wow! You just made my day. <laughs> hey, there. <laughs> That's. Weird. I try to do that, you know. Okay. Now, was was it difficult at first? Like, did you go through a lot of challenges in the first couple of years making it? Like, I know a little A, B, C, D, but like anything else, like money issues, people not performing well, games not working out. Like, what kind of struggles did you go through? Yeah, I mean, all of it that you mentioned. Uh, <laughs> yes, all of it, uh, because um, uh, see, as I said, that I went to Cashel Connect and I saw the quality of games that were being developed by even by the smallest studios in um, you know the other part of the world and you would say oh I have the same manpower but then the quality is is is, is really a lot better and I did not know what was what was what's it that we had to and I wouldn't say that we had in India you know you you definitely have a lot of talent it's just that they were not channelized uh, or tune in to make games uh, because of because India started with this whole game thing quite later than the Western world, right? I mean, uh, India was never a games market, uh, so so that is why it was it was really the challenge to get your quality up to any other studio around the world. Uh, and how how to do that? And I was most of my time would go into that, you know, that I might I have to represent my, you know, the, I don't know. It was probably my thing in my mind that you know I have to represent India and its quality wow. to the world. I don't know why that was <laughs> in my mind, but then that's 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 how that's how it was, and that is that is what kept me pushing. And uh, although the money wasn't that. So I hate to say this, but yes, I mean you do find talent much at much lower rate than if you compare to uh, the Western world. But then, of course, the amount of money that we earn is also lesser in games uh, compared. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean it wasn't that great amount of money that you would probably imagine, but uh, it's still money, right? And mm-hmm. so you had to use all those kind of things like. All right, look, I'm not giving you money right now as much as you need or you as much as you deserve, but you're going to get your name out there in the game. And I'm working on a game 
which is going to be, you know, on the global space and things like that. So I had to actually motivate my people saying that, you know, can you please charge me a little less because I'm going to give you recognition. And a lot of people to my, uh, you know, they were ready to do that because everyone wanted to make their name or, you know, something in the games. So, so I know a lot of really good people that I worked with, they were like, okay, fine, I'm going to go to charge you as much as I otherwise would have, or, you know, because I want to do something in games. So those were some passionate people that I met, or I continued to meet, or rather just get those kind of people only on my, uh, in my uh, studio, uh, because I was sort of a bootstrapped studio. Uh, and that, that kept me going. I think even today we are bootstrapped and it's, it's, we're doing good. No, it's awesome to hear. Uh, did you uh, use the, uh, we have to represent India to motivate them? Be like, look, I can't pay you all this much money, but we're representing India. Are you going to come yeah. work for me? <laughs> yeah, that's how it does. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. See? And, and everyone, and, and, and I think fortunately, either it's my way of talking or I, I don't know, I'm again <laughs> taking all the credit me, but then yeah, maybe they, they all were like, oh yeah, that, that sounds great. And of course it does. I mean, who who gets to, um, you know, every programmer wants to contribute to, like even today, you ask anybody, they're like, we want to work on a AAA game. Every programmer has this dream of working on a AAA uh, game. And I, and I was like, oh my God, that costs a lot of money. I'm not actually going to make him work on a AAA. But then I, then I had to sell them, okay, never mind, but you're going to get the credit. And they're like, yeah, my name will come out there. I said, yes. And every game of ours had this little credit button, which nobody cares today. But then we used to. Everyone, after releasing the game, they would go click on the credit button and see that, you know, look at that scroll going down and look until they spot their own name. And that was such a great, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, satisfaction <laughs> of your job. Yeah. Recognition. They were like, yes. Look, you see that? That's my name. I'm there. Yeah. So it says you have over a hundred published titles. That's a lot. That's a. Yeah, I mean, that's that's because we were working on work for hire. So yeah, I mean they were all there. My clients published titles, but yeah. Well, that's amazing. Now I'm curious. How did you? How has the uh, game consumption been since uh, COVID nineteen? Has it been up? Has it been down? How has your studio handled that? Oh, these are these have been uh, best times. I don't know if you've read any reports around that, but India is actually has. So we've been saying this, you know, that India is a sleeping giant and is going to wake up, going to wake up. And I think COVID suddenly woke that giant up, and we are now having a great gamers market. Okay, that's like, awesome. Wow, that's 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 great. Now we have like a. Oh, it's it's been a, it has been. I wouldn't say just COVID made it uh, greater. It was always growing, but then because of COVID, everyone was sitting at home, and they were they had nothing to do but watch uh, OTT. Uh, I mean, the video platforms or mm-hmm. or play games. And surprisingly, they all started playing games. And because of COVID, the schools were had suddenly become online, and that has made a a lot of people, especially the second tier uh, uh, households 
to have a better internet you know which they never felt the need to and because they now all have uh, opting for better internet quality they can they have become gamers you know because that's that's where you spend most of your time so game has have certainly become accessible and that is why this whole growth of uh, uh, gamer base has been added uh, during this time and it will continue to add because now even our prime minister have uh, you know announced that he would make uh, you know he would have better internet connectivity even the rural areas and yeah i mean that's just going to make the scene much 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 bigger well wow, that's that's interesting to hear that, that like because of all this that now india is like coming back striking back and growing from it which is which is good to hear too that's that's nice now well what do you look for when you hire like a programmer oh well well the same thing do they have a passion to see contribute to the game that is going to come become you know um it's basically become world with the com- 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 the world with sorry competition with the games in the world so yeah i mean it's passion is what passion towards their work is what i look for and unfortunately i do not find that in a lot of people that i talk today but i still have to um, so some somewhere i settled with the skill versus the passion which earlier times i wouldn't have now is that just programmers or people in india or is that everywhere you go i think everywhere i found this i mean it's this passion is just mm, it's just there it's not really being the driving force uh, that it used to be that you know the you talk to people and the, when they talk about their work the glint in their eyes that i used to see many years back that is kind of fading away i feel today and you do find that in some of the people even today but not as much as i would see it earlier now i'm curious why do you think that is is it people are getting like i don't know would say what, uh, nihilistic or like sad that maybe they're working too hard and not really achieving what they wanted to or something i don't know i think i think everyone um, probably is thinking from how do i make quick buck making a mm. game and i think that's a wrong attitude towards games because then you know uh, then then coping up with your failure is is more tougher you know if you start off with that attitude if you start with an attitude that i'm going to work on something awesome that i want i enjoy playing and i want to extend that enjoyment to you know people around me i think that's when you create a great product and even if you fail in that then you still can come back because you still you know still motivated to something more because i mean i know i've been saying this quite often in this um uh, our conversation Podcast. is yeah. that yeah because you know coping up with failure especially in gaming is extremely important for you to go keep going because you are going to put a lot of money hard you know your blood and sweat and see people dump your game like nothing and it mm-hmm. really breaks you down but then to come up again to deliver is is that's the hard um that's the hard step and if you can you know cross you know you can you can overcome that 
none then no one can stop you you would definitely deliver a great game and have a great success for sure because it's it's, it's really motivating especially when you start your company you know that's that's the biggest challenge that you would have and you have to be stronger uh, you know as as the owner of the product because you know ultimately it's you who people are uh, saying that oh your game sucks you know and and you should be able to deal with that and that is why i think that you know if you start with delivering fun as an attitude versus i'm going to make money you are more likely to make money than otherwise so how do you cope with that failure though like how do you how did you go through those moments when people were like your game's not good enough or or this is not what we expected it to be how um well as i said that okay i mean yeah it was kind of hard but then you had to and i'm 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 sounding like a bookish that you have to believe in yourself but yeah you really have to believe in yourself and look at that failure as a uh as a problem in front of you to solve and not the end of the road it's like uh when you say okay your game sucks then you have to So there's one thing that I've always um, believed that you know when you get a feedback, you know you have to understand that there are two types of feedbacks that you get. Mm-hmm. One is from the and most of the time the people who give you feedback, not necessarily that that they give you uh, more constructive feedback. They, it's just the feedback. So first point number one is that never get uh, disheartened by the feedback you have to go deeper and ask more question to exactly understand what they mean like when I, for an example when someone says that your game sucks oh then i would if i feel oh my god oh my god i i've lost it you know it's just my game sucks mm-hmm. but then if you ask them more about it okay what did you what is it that you did not like in it then there would be more specific feedback like oh i could not even control your character it was like funny or someone might say that oh your character oh i was i was asking him to do this and he was it was doing this or something like that you know and then that's when you understand oh my controls wasn't fluid that's it my game doesn't suck my controls suck things like that uh, and then you can improve it improve on it which makes you uh, feel less like a failure <laughs> than uh, an opportunity to just improve so it's 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 important to actually do not go by the uh face you know the words of the feedback but what exactly the feedback is so that you can act on it that makes sense yeah that's that's beautiful advice it's, really okay no I yeah cuz with a lot of the game tv students i don't feel a lot of belief in a lot of people's work like they'll post it and be like you know it's okay but i mean no it's pretty pretty great like what you did is not what most people are doing today it's like good job keep going like you got more stuff to do but as long as you keep learning keep practicing stuff it's going to get even better and better and better and eventually you're going to be where you want to be but to even think that your first work isn't good enough it's like like come on like you believe in what you did like cuz there's some people who make some amazing stuff stuff that even I was like oh wow like that I can't even do that and they're like oh yeah this is pretty crappy I'm like no no bro you make you you're doing a great job believe in yourself and I, that's why I love when you said believe in yourself because that's as much as cliche as I can be it's really the belief in yourself that you can go and do things that you know other people would be like oh wow it's impossible it's like no just 
And everything's an obstacle, but it's like as long as you can overcome it, you're, you're good. And it's the obstacles away. There's a book that's out there that's basically like when you think the obstacle is in stopping you. In fact, what that is is an opportunity to grow and and basically like improvise and come up with something different that's going to be neat and new to move you forward. Absolutely. Yeah. It's exactly like the game, right? You know, the obstacles come by, but you knew, you learn new skill into the game to ho- overcome the obstacle. It's exactly like that. You, you just, it's the yeah. life story. <laughs> I know Look it sounds that. philosophical, but yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta be. Now, what's the day-to-day like as a CEO? Is it is it busy? Is it uh, stressful? Or is it is it fun? For, is it like you're passionate about it? Hi, yeah, it's fun it's stressful stressful everything as as i said that you know that my thought of representing india has mm-hmm. has not left me yet you know and it constantly comes haunting me and and, and i have to sometimes i become um, i'm i'm quite hard on myself but then yeah it's it's it's, it's definitely busy because uh, you have to and you have to now it's like so ceo is like in a smaller way, producer is also a CEO, but when you are a CEO, you're like much larger uh, role of that producership. So you still have to do all those things, like keep your teammates motivated, also look at the market and where, how your company needs to grow and how it needs to grow and things like that. So you're just, you're just, you're just basically busy doing everything that you have to. And even if somebody fails, you are actually, you have failed. So. You can point fingers at anybody. You can say that, oh, I can't make it to the work because I'm sick. You know, that's, that's how it is because it's your company. And then you basically working towards it no matter what. In mm-hmm. fact, that's a funny story that I remember taking. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's a funny story. So basically, I was, I was pregnant with my second child and uh, my due date was much later so I had planned my vacation uh, I mean the holidays my weekly con calls and everything accordingly and I suddenly I get into early labor and and I just suddenly supposed to be hospitalized and being operated and then I realized oh my god I did not reschedule that con call that I have today uh, at seven in the evening or whatever and he actually take up the call on inside the uh, operation or, or not are you serious no way yeah and telling them that please i just have to reschedule this and i said look you know i know you're calling me now but you know i cannot make it for another eight days or something you please i will make sure that after two days i will set you up with someone else and i'm like he's like oh i'm so sorry i didn't know i said no matter i also didn't know this is going to happen so yeah <laughs> <laughs> this happens <laughs> wow that, yeah, that, that's, you're that's one cool. dedicated ceo i love it <laughs> oh as i say representing india hasn't left me <laughs> <laughs> i love that too it's like you put the whole world on your shoulders you're like it hey, india's totally. i got it I no got one it. has given it to me but it's just that i'm just she's got myself. like <laughs> she's got like the india you know football soccer you know thing it's going cricket. on yeah it's and cricket. cricket there of course but <laughs> yeah, india is cricket it's synonyms with cricket <laughs> So uh, yeah, exactly. Got to got to represent uh, the cricket team. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody on your on your cricket team who's famous with the last name of Sachin. Yes, and I am. Oh, okay, that's a different conversation. But yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, 
Ironically, I hate American sports, but I can actually talk Indian sports pretty well. Really? <laughs> That's nice. Is that because you were trying to learn Hindu? Or you know Hindu pretty well, right? I'm a Hindi boy. Oh. Sorry, what? You know Hindi? What is that? <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> absolutely but, terrible, but what I was trying to say was I speak a little Hindi, yeah. <laughs> nice, but, but, but you know, right, India has like 29 languages. Exactly. Yeah. Goodness. That's insane. 29 languages? You're saying if I learned one, I still wouldn't be able to talk to most people? Yes. <sighs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, most of India speaks English. It is one of the official languages, so it's just as easy to just talk to people. Mm, yeah. True. Okay. But yeah, so is there anything else you want to add, Aaron? Because we'll probably wrap it up soon. No. Okay. So we no, have a. Uh, that I wanted to add. Sorry. That's <laughs> all good. We have a uh, this thing we do at Games.tv where we add, you know do like challenges at the end of lectures. So we would do a challenge for the podcast. Do you have any challenges for the Games.tv students? Could be about anything. Like challenges as in yeah like as in like maybe it's kind of hard because you're more producer and ceo but it could be like maybe uh think about you mean a game design challenge yeah 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 Yeah, something for people to do wow um game design challenge um think of something that i don't know it's just random but yeah just coming uh how how does this sound okay so you have to create something um Either it's a character or it could be a game design theme, um, or, or, or 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 the game design itself or the core gameplay itself around um, typography. Uh, what I mean by that is basically you have uh, letters, their the way they look. That is what the typography is, right? The types or the fonts. So anything that is um, inspired by typography, it could be, as I said, character or character may have characteristics inside your game design document. I know it's kind of hard, right? Yeah, but it's a good challenge. It's just coming to my mind right now. I like that. Doing some kind of character animation with typography. Thinking kind of like, I mean, I'm I'm seeing like something like Pixar-ish in my head, you know? Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it can be anything. It can be even your world, like your, your character is jumping on the ca- uh, on the type, on the fonts, or the alphabets, or just doing something with the alphabet inside your game uh, as a core game mechanic. It can be anything. That's a great challenge. Really? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this was an uh, amazing conversation. Learned a lot. I know this can bring a lot of value to the games of the TV students. And uh, I'll give props to you for doing all this amazing work and for putting the India on your shoulders and carrying <laughs> it through the game development. Uh, what you say now? Like golden age in India? It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so thank you for coming on. And we'd like to end it off by handing the mic to you. And just if you want to do any shout outs, any last minute like inspiration or any anything else you want to add. And uh, yeah, thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you so much. Um... Yeah, no, nothing, nothing. I mean, I, I would say that, you know, keep your passion going. It just, just, that's what makes who you are and who would, who you would be. And, uh, you know, 
following your dreams and your passion is the hardest thing and if you're doing it you are the superhero so well that's it thanks for listening you can find all gamedev.tv courses at courses.gamedev.tv slash courses or in the show notes with a 10% discount get started with your game development journey today <laughs>